guys. Hey, Kay, what is up? Hey, Lo, not much. It's a Sunday night. I'm having the Sunday blues because, uh, yeah, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Okay, me neither. Yeah, Sunday scaries hitting real hard right about now because it's like 8 p.m. I feel like this is also the closest that we've cut it to like upload date. You know what I mean? I had a very packed weekend this weekend. Um, I know, and I screwed it up because the only time you were free, then I wasn't. So, <laughs> and usually we can hit it during the week, but then you were sick, and then I was said, "Hey, the weekend," and then I got busy, you got busy, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, girl. we cut. We're cutting it close, but we're getting it done. We are coming through. <laughs> we are. Um, also, first and foremost. What up, Dax? Hey, Dax. Um, my daughter tried to convince me she's seen him at Meyer today. And I was in line at the pharmacy and she was doing whatever she does. She called and told me that it was she's seen him down an aisle. And I'm like, I don't believe you. I was like, I mean, I know he does come to like Waterford and um, like the cities surrounding it. Yeah. Um, he hangs out at Cooley Lake a lot because he's from around here. However, Hmm. I feel like Meyer would have been more of an uproar. People would have been whispering throughout the store. Yeah, they, someone over the over the um, speakers would be like, "Attention, we have a celebrity in our pre- premises." I'm just I, like waiting for him to post on Instagram tomorrow. Like, oh, you know that Aaron he's like, week- yeah, it's like he's like in the area or something. You would die. I would die. And Aaron Weekly were stopped for you know some like beer run on the way to wherever they were going well maybe not Dax he doesn't drink but um oh right <laughs> damn it sorry Dax for some Takis and Cheetos run that would be iconic honestly <laughs> um so yeah I'll be pissed because I said what aisle she's like um I don't remember I was like because you're a flipping liar <laughs> she's um, just trying to get your hopes up right um so on the non-horror true crime spectrum um i've been watching selling sunset that's a popular show i know a lot of people like that so that's my my non-horror my you know relaxed dumb brain just watch tv till i fall asleep and not have to have everything about you know murder right um some serotonin for the brain you gotta even it out a little bit you know yeah so that's my new thing right now the drama i can feel is like starting to pick up i love some uh some trash reality tv like i love it yeah i'm all about it i'm watch. i just finished um married at first sight and i'm gonna start i started like two episodes of the ultimatum low i want to got me on about that. that when you're done yeah yeah, I'm going to I'll probably finish it in like a week because that's how I roll with reality. I usually like will fall asleep to those kinds of shows and then I have to like go back the next day and like rewind to where I was. Um, but I will say watching the Married at First Sight one, sometimes I'm like, hmm, that doesn't sound so bad because <laughs> I kind of hate dating like I hate it. So then I'm like, you know, that'd just be really easy <laughs> to yeah. solve my problems. All right, I'll, uh, I'll send you up. Yeah, send me up. <laughs> I was at Charlotte's soccer game yesterday and I looked over at Pat and I'm like, huh, because there's a bunch of boys soccer players playing 
next to us. I was like, if they were just a couple years older, I'd be a uh, window shopping for Crystal. I was like, you said boys. So are they like, are they like, they look like they're, pop- no, they're, they were like, look like public seniors in high school. Okay. Yes. Yeah, st- a little too young for my life. I said but- if they were a couple years older. No, I know. But thank you. I appreciate the, the, no problem, the, no problem. the lookout. Right. As I'm standing there staring at them, they're like, dude, why is this girl's mom? Just kidding. Like, I, was to, I was asked to leave the field immediately. <laughs> They're like, this MILF's looking at us. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Um, so don't forget, Creepers, um, we are doing a Mommy Dearest contest. So $1 will get you the movie Mommy Dearest, Flowers in the Attic, a bottle of wine of your flavor, and we'll customize it to you. So... I know Mother's Day was last week, but as you know how we like to do it, we do the whole month um, to collect the tickets. So they're rolling in. So hurry up and get your ticket in so you can get a part. Yeah, get those in. Um, Good stuff coming. So yeah, get your tickets in and uh, get those Mommy Dearest movies going. The wire hangers, man. Wire hangers. I should put a wire hanger in there. Oh my God. That'd be funny. Yes, that would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> the perfect touch to it. Absolutely. Um, so before Crystal takes us down a story, I will give you guys a classless slayer story. This one isn't really so much as of a dumb criminal. I mean, they're all pretty dumb. But this one, I went for more a comedy effect. Love it. So this was in the UK. Um, and a driver who was arrested for reckless driving had officers in stitches. Um, and let me tell you why. So the driver was pursued from Bexley to Isle of Sheppey or Isle of Sheppey, um, and arrested for a multitude of offenses last week, according to a tweet by Kent police RPU which they apprehended the 21-year-old motorist in February following this epic chase. The fiasco began after officers attempted to pull over the Audi A7. They had observed maneuvering recklessly all over the road near Bexley. Um, And then, however, the driver refused to pull over, resulting in a 35-mile chase that took them from southeast London to Kent. They were forced to call a police helicopter and aid with pursuit. Eventually, the officers caught up with the knucklehead, their words, (laughs) um, and Minister Ken after he ran out of gas, where um, upon pulling him over, they found a large stash of marijuana in his car. Oh, snap. Um, Oh, wait for it. So um, the officers asked Sheerness Native for his documentation Um, He handed them a fake license he received from Legoland in Windsor as a kid in 2003. The award is gifted to children who pass the theme parks driving test, which entails using a brick built electric car to navigate traffic lights and roundabouts. Lego policemen even use a speed camera per sight. (laughs) Um, his Legoland license. (laughs) Here you go, officer. (laughs) 
I mean, could you imagine like when they looked down at it, like <laughs> just like their jaws probably were just like dropped. Like, I don't even know how to move forward from this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, he also lacked insurance. They must not have handed that out at Legoland. <laughs> Dang, what a ripoff. Come on, Legoland. Step up your game. Oh, man. That is freaking so, hilarious. It wasn't really, I mean, it's dumb, but not like stupid, stupid stuff. But I just thought that was a funny. No, that's so funny. I, I like wish that I could see the officer's faces just reading that and just like, how do you move forward from that moment <laughs> oh my god so um me and chrysler are doing one more apart from each other uh it's been tough it's been tough not seeing my kk in person we're so far uh, but i chose to drink tonight um bird dog black raspberry whiskey and coke nice so it gives it a coke with a hint of blackberry i like that because you know i love i love me some um cherry coke so i feel like that's a good combo um i am lame because all the alcohol in my house is like vodka there is captain morgan's cherry vanilla but the thought of that at this moment is kind of making me a little bit sick (laughs) just thinking about it she went hard on it prior, so. I'm not going to lie. I really did. <laughs> so the thought of it's making me kind of nauseous. So I'm drinking some Mio water. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. I told you you could have lied and said it was vodka. They really can't see you, Crystal. They can only hear I know, you. dang. <laughs> I, I, I could have, you know, threw some splashes of vodka in here, I guess. But Crystal, if you guys have not known this, she's just like, honest as it gets like she <laughs> she seriously cannot tell a lie I always tell her she's my best friend I ride or die but if I was to bury a body I don't, don't trust think me. she would be the one that I would call nope she, don't <laughs> she wouldn't me. she wouldn't necessarily go out of her way to tell on me right but, um if she's asked a question she's given it up but actually she might she might tell on me but I would hope she'd at least give me like 24 hours like I ain't no snitch you know like I'm not gonna like go out of my way yeah to like go like tell on you but if someone's interrogating me I might like start crying (laughs) she's gonna crack like it won't even be out the bright lights that they put over you it wouldn't even have to be that it'd be like the little finger flashlight she'd be like okay 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 (laughs) so I probably wouldn't even make it to the interrogation room I'd be like okay I'll tell you everything I know (laughs) so yeah I wouldn't be a mastermind in that department sadly all right so tell us about the the sad SNL yes um today's episode is on Phil Hartman I will say um before we kind of dive into that originally this episode was supposed to be William Shatner um because I never heard this but Lisa who has been our, a guest on our show a couple times. Lisa Moore, woo woo, shout out. She brought this up that there's like this conspiracy about William Shatner, like, and like his wife um, or multiple wives, I guess, dying and like him possibly being a part of that. And like, there's this whole conspiracy and stuff like that. So I was kind of looking into it and 
as I was getting deeper into it, I realized that none of his other wives died, just Noreen kid. Um, and she definitely um, had an issue with alcohol and drugs and kind of just not living up to where like she wanted to be in her career and things like that. Um, and she did die by drowning in their pool. I guess she was in there, but like she hit her head while she was in there. And there was a lot of speculation, you know, with outside people on, you know, oh, did, did William Shatner do this? And the reason that people were so like, you know, convinced, which I totally, I would have been too. I love, I love Mia conspiracy theory. Um, but they were so about it because he had filed for divorce and, you know, he was saying like, oh no, there's no alimony money, like nothing like that. But they never did get divorced. Um, they separated for a minute, but then they got back together and ultimately he got cleared because he was out of town and there was, there was proof there were like, um, receipts and he was with his daughter and and things like that so it did get cleared so there wasn't too much that I could find on the story like like seriously it would be like a 10 minute episode um (laughs) I do want to say in her defense like a few other people that I talked about um looking into it they did also hear that it was two, two girls both married to him both drowned both so I don't know where the rumor started that it was two women that drowned but she was not the only one that had said she heard it that way right yeah so I do want to put that out there yeah no and there there's definitely for sure a conspiracy out there about about him doing this so I think it's probably yeah one of those things where like word of mouth goes around people being like oh my god did you hear about this and stuff like that but then like looking into it all um sadly I mean not sadly because I'm glad he didn't like murder her but like (laughs) sadly we don't have a story (laughs) yeah sadly there's really not a story here because he was married he was married four times right one two three four yeah he was married four times but all the other ones his marriage has lasted pretty long like one was 13 years one was 17 years another one I don't know how long he was married to Noreen but they were pretty long but they all just got divorced Um, So Noreen was the only one who died. um, And that was just because she was using drugs and alcohol. And, you know, it was like an accidental thing that happened, sadly, to her. But um, they did have a very rocky relationship. So I completely get why there's a theory, you know, surrounding that. Or he's just a very, very, very good liar. Or that, yeah. Even has Crystal fooled or sleuth kk yeah fucking william shatner man (laughs) i do kind of want to throw this in here because i thought it was so random and funny when i was like looking up stuff about him in 2021 i don't know if you know this he flew into space aboard a blue origin suborbital capsule and he was like he was 90 years old and he went to fucking space yes i never knew this I mean, it had just happened last year, but like, I didn't know that this happened and that's kind of like really cool. <laughs> but did you know that his face is the theme behind the Michael Meyer mask? Shut up. Is that for real? Yes. <laughs> so I'm like dead. how, how cool would have been though, if he did end up murdering her 
after in the 70s, his face being based off of Michael Myers. I mean, the connection would have just been, I mean, come on. Wouldn't that be like good that for- would, That would be like, I mean, okay. I, I don't like to say, <laughs> I, I mean, someone died. You know? I wish you would have killed somebody. <laughs> right, right. Like, I don't mean to say that, but if, if that were the case, you know, that story, like that'd be pretty- pretty sick you know <laughs> that's I mean, cool. what, what would the ads be right like, oh my god that's so funny though i did not know that yeah. uh that it was based off his face well like not like his real it's like from the star trek something or other i don't okay. know but like but like if you notice like in the first halloween they just call it the shape or whatever yeah. that's what that was okay off of. that's funny oh my gosh his character in star trek yeah, I'm not a big I'm not a big Trekkie, so I don't know too much about that. Yeah, but I'm not really either. Like, I don't think I've actually ever seen one of them. But no, sorry to anybody out there who just dropped their plate. Michelle, if you're listening, we're very sorry. I'm so sorry. I have a girlfriend that's <laughs> obsessed with them. I'm sure they're great. I just I've never really been into the whole, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Science sci-fi. sci-fi yeah, I was like science science fiction sci-fi you know same diff okay so phil hartman now there is definitely a story here so full his full name is philip edward hartman and he was a canadian american actor comedian screenwriter and graphic designer he was born on september 24th 1948 in brantford ontario he was the fourth of eight children of Doris Margaret and Rupert Loabig Hartman, who sold building materials. The family was Catholic, and as a child, Phil found affection hard to earn. He was quoted as saying, I suppose I didn't get what I wanted out of my life, so I started seeking love and attention elsewhere. His family had moved to the United States when he was 10 years old. And after graduating from California State University, Northridge, with a degree in graphic arts, he designed album covers for bands, including Poco and America, which I am not familiar with personally. I don't know if you know either of those. Um, I do not. Okay. Um, Well, in 1975, listen to this, Phil joined the comedy group, The Groundlings, um, which ding ding ding, Dak Shepard, Melissa yes. McCarthy, all the greats, all the greats have come out of this uh, this group. So um, while he was in there, he helped Paul Rubens develop his character Pee Wee Herman, which is funny. Um, and Phil actually co-wrote the film Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and he made reoccurring appearances as Captain Carl on the show Pee Wee's Playhouse. I have to say, I have not seen, I've only seen the Pee Wee Herman movie, whatever. Yeah, Big Adventure. And I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. And I remember being creeped the fuck out by it. And I don't, I I might have different opinion now on it, like watching it present day. But I, and I barely remember anything about it. I just remember feeling super creeped out by it. I used to watch it. Me and my sister, you got into it and there was like Mr. Chair and like the um, the mailman was played by, I believe, was it Samuel Jackson? Oh my God, shut up. Like, that's cool. I did not know. <laughs> I believe he was the mailman. I will look that up while you continue your story. But yeah, it was, 
I like watching a big acid trip. Yeah, I just remember, like, I, I really don't remember many details about it. I just, I still just remember that I was, like, creeped out by it. And then didn't, the um, Ruben, the one who was Wee, didn't he, like, go to jail for something recently, not that long ago? You know what? I digress. It wasn't Samuel L. Jackson. Dang it. I was close, though. Oh, who was it? It was Lawrence Fishburne. So they're both big actors. Okay. And, they, and in the yeah. 90s, they were both, to me, kind of iconic, bigger actors. So. Right. Um, but. Goes hand in hand. Uh, but yeah, so he did that. And I don't know. Just funny. I had to talk about my creeped out. Now I kind of want to watch it again. Go back and just see, like, if I if it has the same effect um, as it did then. But in 1986, Phil joined the NBC sketch comedy Saturday Night Live. Um, And I'm sure pretty much everyone listening knows what that is. I mean, unless you're in a different country, shout out Italy, our number two listeners. We heart you. But anyways, um, SNL is like a, a, a sketch comedy show here and you know, each week they have celebrity guests and they come on and do different um, comedy sketches and it's all live. Um, it's pretty funny. I don't watch it like religiously, but, you know, I've watched them here and there. Um, so he joined that in 86 and he stayed for eight seasons until 1994. And they all nicknamed him the glue, I guess, just for his ability to hold the show together and just help other cast members. Um, he kind of just, I mean, obviously glue, meaning the glue of the show. Uh, and he won a primetime Emmy award for his SNL work in 1989. Um, in 1995, he starred as Bill McNeil in the sitcom News Radio after declining to rejoin SNL. Um, and he also voiced various characters on The Simpsons and had minor roles in the film House Guest, Sergeant. Bilko, Jingle All the Way, and Small Soldiers. Oh my God, I remember him in Jingle All the Way. He was just so like... I love that movie. That creepy neighbor, like... Yeah. He's like in there, like wanting to like bake cookies with her. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, it was just... Oh so good. That whole movie is really good. Like when he answers the phone on Arnold Schwarzenegger called, I'm like, oh my God. But I anyways, haven't... I haven't seen the other ones. I haven't seen House Guest, Sergeant Bilko, or Small Soldiers, but I want to check them out now. So he stated he was not a practicing Catholic. He says that he displayed a sense of religiousness, and in his spare time, he enjoyed driving, flying, sailing, marksmanship, and playing the guitar. Um, so Despite all of his on-screen success, um, his personal life kind of proved to be more on the difficult side, sadly. Um, so he was married for a brief time between 1970 and 1972, and then again from 1982 to 1985. Um, so everyone kind of knew him like public-wise, for his charisma on stage um, and like being able to draw people in and just, you know, really just having like a really mm, like a really uh, personable personality, I guess you would say. But apparently that was kind of just his 
um, star persona because offstage it didn't really always translate to that like energetic personality. Um, he was kind of more known for being low key, sometimes to a fault, like he would get very withdrawn emotionally and like conversational wise. And he would just like to like, kind of like go into his own world and just be by himself, if that makes sense. Yes, I did, um, hear, um, in some interviews and stuff and that, he would marry, like, he'd go on these dates with these women, and they'd have the time of their life, and everything was great, and then they'd get married, and then it would kind of just turn into a lull, like, it was just, like, he stopped wanting to go out, he wanted to just, like, one of his favorite things was just, like, sit home and read, like, and watch his, whatever show he liked to watch, or just, like, he just, like, there's been times where he wouldn't leave the house for, like, long periods of time, even, like, And that was like part of the killer with these marriages. Yeah. Like, and and I feel like that's, that makes sense why, you know, they wouldn't last because these women probably were expecting to get this one person, you know, super high energy charisma, like charismatic and like wanting to like go out and do all these things. And then for it to just flip completely, like, obviously that's not the person that they thought they were getting in the beginning so yeah definitely wasn't a a great part in his life as far as his personal life goes um so Hartman married Gretchen Lewis in 1970 and they divorced in 72 um and he married real estate agent Lisa Strain in 1982 and their marriage lasted three years Strain told People Magazine that Hartman was reclusive off screen and would disappear emotionally. He'd be in his world, in his own world. That passivity made you crazy. My sense of Phil was that he was really two people, his second wife told ABC. He was the guy who wanted to draw and write and think and create and come up with ideas. He was the actor and entertainer. And then he was the recluse. So he kind of had this like double, I don't want to say double life going on, but like double personality type thing going on. Like people viewed him as one way, but really I think he was actually very much an introvert, like to his core. So I don't know if he like, you know, portrayed himself as more of an extrovert just to like, I don't know, feel more accepted and like get more opportunities and things like that. But then really to his core, all he wanted to do was like be alone and like create things or you know read do graphic design stuff all that kind of kind of stuff um kind of like Lo said um his ex-wife was quoted saying his relationships would always start out very intensely intense emotion intense emotionally just overall and then they would inevitably peter out um I mean With Phil, he was always on the hunt for the new, the fresh, and he had an artist's eye for beauty. So after two divorces in 1987, Phil Hartman married former model and aspiring actress Bryn Omdahl. Uh, She was her her name was Vicky Joe Omdahl, but she changed it to Bryn. Um, And they met on a blind date the previous year. So Bryn was definitely beautiful. She moved to LA to work as a model and pursue an acting career. 
When she struggled in the cutthroat world of entertainment, she developed an addiction to cocaine. Um, but she was in recovery and sober when she met Phil. So she had previously had those um, addiction issues before they even got together. And I feel like it's sad because I feel like so many that happens so much in Hollywood, like you hear about so many people turning to drugs, um, whether it be like this, where she kind of isn't making it to the point in her career where she wants to. So she turned to drugs or if they get to a super high status and it's like, then they turn, I don't know. I feel like it just happens so often when people, you know, are trying to make it a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know, and maybe it starts off as, you know, whether it's, you know, cocaine that gives you that extra, you know, jolt, you know, right. And then all of a sudden you feel like you need it to be that person because that's how you got the job. That's, you know what I mean? So you got to keep feeding it, you know, or drinking or whatever, but it's amazing because, um, as you know, we both do love a lot listening to the armchair expert show. Mm-hmm. And there's been so many celebrities that open up about their sobriety yeah. and about their addictions at the beginning of their career and how they, you know, they finally kicked it and found themselves and they can, you know, just be them. Cause I'm just like, wow. Some of the people I was just really surprised, but you know, it's, uh, it's really eye opening, and it's, I'm really, I'm happy for the people that can get past it. Yeah, definitely. I know I was just listening to one of his the other day and someone really surprised me. I didn't know that they, I can't remember who it was right now. Um, but, and I too, I think it's more, it's, it's not as taboo to talk about now. And people talk more about mental health and more about, you know, therapy is a bigger thing right now. So I feel like that, that definitely helps lower the number of people dealing with that kind of stuff now, as opposed to maybe like, you know, 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely crazy. Just how many people actually, you know, do struggle with that in Hollywood. So Bryn and Phil had two children together, um, Sean and Birgen Hartman. The marriage had its difficulties. Um, She was reportedly intimidated by his success and was frustrated that she could not find any, you know, any jobs and any success kind of on her own. Um, Neither of them wanted a divorce ever, but they I don't know. People, I guess, want so mm, I don't want to say wanted, but advised him, you know, maybe you should maybe it would be healthier to split up. But neither of them ever like wanted to get a divorce. Um, They just kind of stayed in the toxic, unhealthy uh, relationship that they were in. So Bryn was reported to have been very jealous and often verbally or physically abusive. Um, She even sent like letters to his ex-wife threatening to, quote, rip her eyes out um, if she spoke to him again, uh, (laughs) which is very intense. Um, And Phil even considered retiring just to save the marriage. Like, I think he just was so overwhelmed. Like, I don't know if it was all because of her, like, not getting the success and feeling like intimidated by where he was in his work and she wasn't there. So he thought he had to retire just to be like, let's just calm down and let's just like live life, whatever, you know, try to fix this. 
Um, or if he just wanted to like focus more on the relationship, I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, the, the ripping of his ex-wife's eyes out was very, very intense letter to send somebody. Yeah. Because they were still best friends. Um, they, the marriage didn't work out, but they stayed friends. And a lot of times he, he would call her, she would call him and they would vent to each other about, you know, problems and help each other out. And when she got the letter, she was so devastated and very upset about this. So she called him and he actually said, you should have seen the first one. This one's a little bit doled down a little yeah and she's like there was another one but not only that like you fucking knew about this and you let her send it right like like was he that supposed he must to have been be my friend oh i'm sure like you're yeah. supposed to be my friend like how could you you know right so i feel like that was that was sad because that was ruining you know a friendship and Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bryn's temper was just kind of very intense. Um, She had a very big sense of jealousy, even during her years of sobriety. Um, And it just caused a lot of issues in their marriage. Um, And when Phil's prior wife wrote them a note of congratulations after the birth of their son, for example, Bryn did not did not receive it uh, graciously, to put it lightly. Um, she says, I got back a letter that was hair curling, fury, rage, and a death threat from Bryn. Um, she says the gist of it was don't ever effing get near me or my family or I will hurt you. I never want to hear from you. Never, ever, ever come near us or you will be really sorry. Like, how scary, (laughs) how scary to like receive that. You're just like sending a note, like congratulations on the birth of your son. Like so happy for you. And then you get that in return. Like that lady was on a a whole other level of insane. Yeah. A little bit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, she had trouble controlling her anger says Steve small, um, which was uh, Phil's lawyer and close friend. He told the LA Times she got attention by losing her temper. Phil said that he even had to restrain her at times that she like got so out of control that he just had to like kind of take hold of her because it was too intense. According to Small, um, Hartman would often end their fights by withdrawing and going to sleep, uh, preferring to just kind of like let her cool overnight, you know, kind of let her chill out and relax get the anger out um, instead of kind of confronting it head-on because clearly she doesn't take well to that Um, and then Bryn did begin to drink and abuse cocaine again at that point sadly Um, so I, I feel like that mixed with the rage and the jealousy is not a good combo uh for anybody Phil tried to get Bryn acting roles, um, but she became progressively reliant on alcohol and narcotics. She entered rehab several times, 
On multiple occasions, he removed their children from the household to stay with friends or family because of her drug and alcohol fueled outbursts, um, because it was just getting so crazy and so intense that obviously it wasn't um, a safe environment for their children to stay in all the time. Um, because of his close friendships with SNL associate Jan Hooks, Bryn joked on occasion that Hooks and Hartman were married on, quote, some other level. Bryn had written threatening letters addressed to Hooks, warning her not to get close to her husband. Um, but they appeared to have never been sent, being discovered in her belongings later when police were kind of investigating things. Um, but she she clearly that she had the intent uh, to send them at some point because she was not happy with their relationship, with their friendship, I should say. Um, Stephen Root who was Phil Hartman's news radio co-star said few people knew the real Phil Hartman as he was one of those people who never seemed to come out of character, but he nevertheless gave the impression of a family man who cared deeply for his children. Hartman befriended Joe Rogan during his time on news radio and confided his marital problems to him, I guess. And Joe Rogan said that he even encouraged Phil to divorce Bryn five different times. Um, but Phil loved his kids and didn't want to leave. He says, I go into my cave and she throws grenades to get me out. A small remembered Hartman telling him. I just have to say like, like him saying, you know, I love my kids and I don't want to leave just because like, I, I don't know. This is my personal opinion. I just feel like when people stay in really toxic marriages just because they have kids I feel like that oftentimes is worse for the kids than if you just got a divorce you know what I mean like I just 100% yeah like I just feel like you know that I've heard that a lot of times people just staying in marriages for the kids but it's like it's not good for them to see all this clearly I mean you know as we're gonna find out um but it's just like you don't have to be unhappy yourself like your kids learn better and can grow better when they see a happy, healthy parent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So just said that he felt like he had to stay in that marriage. And then what does it teach the kids? Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. So yeah, Bryn had been in and out of rehab by late May, 1998. She was trying to, you know, kick the addiction to the drugs and alcohol. Um, and she ended up mixing it with her antidepressants also, I guess. And when she would do that, it would trigger very violent outbursts on her end. Um, One of those outbursts occurred on the evening of May 27th after she returned home from eating dinner with a friend. She had two drinks and she didn't seem upset. Her friend later told People Magazine Um, a fight ensued. And again, Phil kind of retreated to their bedroom. That was his go-to, you know, I don't want to engage. Like she's out of her freaking mind right now. So I'm just going to go to bed, you know? And I, I feel like that's a smart move, you know, because it could get way more heated and way more intense if he did try to engage. Um, the couple, they did have a pair of guns in their house. Um, it was a small collection that Bryn began when they moved back to LA from New York. And at around 2 a.m., 
she removed one of the guns, a 38 Smith and Wesson from their metal lockbox in the closet. And she decided to shoot Phil Hartman multiple times in the head and chest as he slept in bed. Um, he was wearing a t-shirt and boxer shorts and he died instantly. So she was just so enraged from their fight, which I don't even think was even a full-on fight between them. I think it was just her freaking out on her own because he just was like, I'm going to bed. And she just got so worked up and was on, you know, she was on drugs. She had drank. She had mixed it with her antidepressants. Like she was just full-on raging and that led her to do that, I guess. And I also feel in moments like that, like she's almost probably getting angrier because he's not giving her that negative attention that she wants. She's not, en- he's not engaging in it. Oh, husband's home. God's <laughs> going crazy. She's not engaging um, with the negativity. So it's making her more angry and more hopped up. And I think that it kind of was almost like her own demons, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, also, I feel like if you're, if you're arguing with someone and this, I've, I've felt this before too. Like if you're arguing with someone and then they just don't like respond or like, they just like seem like they're like ignoring you, it can kind of get you even more, a little bit more irritated, like. Cause it's like, why aren't you trying to like fix this or solve this or whatever? So I don't know if that was it too. Like him just going to bed, just pissed her off more, but yeah, I think more so like what you were saying, like she just wanted that negativity and like that negative attention and she wasn't getting it. So it just like amped her up even more. Um, so after an hour uh, later, after shooting him, she drank some more liquor she called her friend Ron Douglas. Uh, she was hysterical. She told him that Phil was gone for the evening and had left her a note saying that he'd be back later. So Douglas, you know, he was just, I, I think he was kind of used to her antics, you know, her drinking and all that. Um, and he told her, you know, just go back to sleep, um, sleep it off, you know, whatever. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, but she ignored his suggestion to do that. And instead, Bryn decided to show up at his front door about 20 minutes later. She was like the alcohol you could just smell coming off her body. She was just hysterical, crying, just very, very out of control. And he was angry, but he was concerned more so. And he he knew better than to try her temper, you know, so he invited her into the house. Uh, She promptly collapsed on the living room floor. And he was kind of afraid that she had overdosed. So he was trying to wake her up and he successfully did. And after that, she, I guess, made a beeline to the bathroom where she just was continually puking like over and over again. Um, And Bryn also, while that was all happening, was repeatedly telling him that she had killed her husband. Um, But like she even like showed him the murder weapon And he didn't believe her because I guess he, first of all, he misread the number of bullets in the chamber. So he didn't think that she actually 
shot him, like she was saying. But also, I think he just thought, you know, she's just out of her mind right now with all these substances and just hysterical. So, and like, also like, why would he just think that just, you know, that's her friend. Like, why would you just think that she would shoot her husband? So he didn't believe her. Um, eventually she sobered up, to, sobered up enough to drive home. Um, but insisted that she'd only do so if Douglas followed her, which I feel like as a friend, he probably sh- should have anyways, <laughs> like if she was like that out of control, but So he did follow her. And on the way, she called and confessed to another friend of hers, Judy, who she took her uh, admission a little bit more seriously. And she like ran immediately to the Hartman house. So Bryn and Douglas arrived first upon going up the stairs and like turning into the Hartman's master bedroom. That's when he saw the grisly scene um and obviously he knew at that point she was not lying she was telling the truth she actually murdered him and he immediately called 911 to report the murder of Phil um as the police were you know headed towards the house Bryn's other friend arrived on the scene and they at this point which oh my god when i was researching this and then i like read this because I wasn't even thinking I don't know I just wasn't thinking about the kids being there I was thinking the kids were somewhere else because he said that he often had them stay at other people's houses because it got so bad the kids were there that night so she started an argument and like made a big scene going on whatever and then she shot and killed their dad her husband Phil multiple times left him there for dead and then left the house and was gone for hours so the kids who at that point sean was nine and virgin was six so they were super young she just left them there alone with their dead dad in that house um so police removed them um and sean the son told them that the gunshots sounded like a door being slammed over and over again And that just breaks my heart thinking about the kids being in there while that happened and then left alone with their dad dead and not knowing where their mom is. Like, I just can't even imagine all the trauma that that has caused them because that's just ridiculously insane. Yeah, it's a very terrible, sad story. Um, And I just want to kind of say, and I don't, want this to come out like as a joking yeah thing Uh, I am kind of serious about it but like I listened to the story and like if you think about it like how close do you think we would have been to losing Johnny to Amber Heard right no I'm listening to the similarities in this and like if you've been following any of the court tv or anything with the Johnny Depp there is a conversation that says that he went to like five different rooms to get away from her. He did not engage in the arguing. He wanted her to just uh, basically go sleep it off, like whatever. And she finally followed him again to the bathroom as he was on the floor. And he's just like, you know, Jesus H. Christ, like, will you just leave me alone? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, or like my conspiracy theory in my mind, not saying this is true, but part of me thinks like the whole 
Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain thing, you know, I personally believe she had a hand in it. That's my conspiracy belief. I I don't know all the details on that, but as from what I do know, like I could, I could see where I definitely know what, where you're coming from with that. (laughs) Um, But I'm just saying like, there are crazy women as much as there are crazy men. Oh, a hundred percent. I can't think of any right off the top. I know there was another one I was going to compare this to. And for some reason, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Um, oh, my God. It was another celebrity. Um, I just seen it not long ago because there's a meme around Facebook saying, like, um, can we OK? Can we start now agreeing that there's crazy women, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the toxic femininity now, too. Yes. And it was yeah. never heard. And there was another crazy. I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of who it was. Well, anyway, um, but yeah, this just, I mean, to me, it seems like a lot of Amber, Johnny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm not saying that Johnny is innocent and I don't want to dive too deep into this because that could be another whole podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, I do feel like they were toxic together. Mm-hmm. I do feel like he holds his own responsibility in things. Do I feel like he's is as abusive as she's portraying? No. Yeah. Do no. I feel like she's embellishing? Yes. Do I feel like she's lying daily? Yes. <laughs> you, know? <clears throat> you know what I mean? But I'm just thinking, like, what if he did stay with her because you know, he didn't have the, you know, willpower to leave or whatever, or fell back. I don't know. It just, it seems like a lot of. Yeah, no, for sure. And the fact that he kind of was like feeling that way, like he didn't want to deal with the fighting. He just wanted to like, just lock himself away until like she cooled down. Like, cause yeah, you never know what would happen. Like, cause it can obviously get that heated and it's just scary that so many people are in those kinds of relationships where it just gets that gets that heated where it could even get to that point yeah and it's it's just sad that you know it has to I don't know turn into that like you you can't just let it go you can't just say you know what we don't work let's all go our own way yes let's all try to move on and be happy and like make healthier mental decisions for ourselves and for our freaking kids, because I mean, I, I'm very sad that he died and got murdered. I just, what sticks with me the most is his, their kids because, uh, and I, so the uh, LAPD had arrived that night um, and while they were like closing in. So same night, Bryn locked herself in the bedroom. She sat next to Phil, his dead body she called her sister, and when the cops banged on the door, Bryn hung up on her sister, and she took her own life. So their kids lost two parents that day in, like, an insane, tragic way. So just, yeah, it just really is a fucked up story. It is. Oh, may you rest in peace. Yeah. 
Um, and it's just sad. And it's always like the funny ones. Like I know, um, like Robert Williams, he, he didn't. I know. Hurt anybody else, but he did kill himself. Yeah. And, he, and we thought he was like the funniest man in America. You know what I mean? Like that still like, makes me. Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire and Patch Adams, you know, like. He was legendary and it still makes me sad. Like anytime, like I see anything and he was just so like from, you know, what I can tell he was so like kindhearted too. like, I just saw something about him today online. He would hire, he would make his crew like hire however many homeless people on all of his movies because just to give them work. But yeah, so many people. Oh, it was, I just remembered. Okay, so she's not really, I don't think she's physically abusive. I could be wrong, but it was Jada Pickett Smith. Oh, I guess that's right. That's who it was. Okay, so I don't think she's as toxic as Amber Heard, but she's I definitely feel, still there's some toximity there. Like, for sure. You know, I feel like Will is definitely emotionally abused. Like, I think so games. too. Yeah, and- because from what we've even seen we've seen like such little examples of it so i can't even imagine what happens behind closed doors you know what she i mean she can booty bounce with anyone she wants but he but he can't there's rumors of him hooking up with uh harley quinn i did hear but that. <laughs> i mean she's kind of hot oh uh, yeah um, right <laughs> but all of a sudden you know it's like okay you got your one now shut the f up you know what i mean like exactly that's not fair oh and just i don't know and i feel sorry for will what he did was wrong at the awards again we won't go into all of that because that's probably for another cast yeah (laughs) um i feel like he was stuck between a rock and a hard place either i stick up for her or it's gonna be fucking brutal when i get home like i will never hear the end of this you know right he did laugh everybody saw he did laugh she laughed and then i was like no that's when you, you see, know. when you see her face, look into the side, like, uh-uh, he didn't just say that about me. And then the camera cut away and, you know, Will looked at her and saw her face and was like, oh shit, I gotta do and, something. You know, to touch on it real quick and then we'll, you know, move on. Yeah. Um, I was listening to nothing on the radio today because there, there's people are still talking about this clearly. And, you know, they were saying, I mean, obviously the whole time he was walking up there, he had, he could have done anything. He could have walked away. He could have changed his mind. He could have, you know, just playful, you know, something, you know, Um, but they were saying, I think, was it Chris Rock? Maybe it was his brother. Cause I think his brother does comedian too. Um, But they were saying like, this is a a big example of why it's going to get harder for stand-up comedians to make jokes and to be funny and to have a job because, you know, stand-up comedians, that's what they do. They make fun of people. They make, especially at awards where it's nothing but celebrities there, really, you know, that's your target, that's your audience. That's, you know, whatever. Was the joke too far? Possibly. Did he know about it? They say he didn't. I kind of, in a way, a little bit believe it because I didn't know she was sick. Yeah, me neither. I feel like a lot of people didn't know. They said she came out publicly and said it, but unless you're a Jada fan, you may not follow her. Not everybody watches the red table. Right. You know, and um, so I kind of believe him a little bit. Maybe somebody did. Maybe he realized it was a bad joke. It wasn't, I mean, it was a GI Jane. It could have been worse, you know? Yeah. It wasn't the most Um, horrible joke ever. I get why she would, you know, be a little butthurt over that if she is struggling with that, but doesn't warrant 
a national TV slap in the face. And coming from a mom who has a daughter who is bullied on the daily, Mm -hmm. um, to me, that just shows that a celebrity can do whatever they want. And it's okay. It's okay. You know, like, right. You know, people are saying he should have been arrested right there on site right after it happened, you know, but instead he still got his award. He still got to give a speech. He still got to do the all the things. And I just think about like all the teenage boys, you know, middle school, high school that are watching this. Yeah. It's okay to go do this now, you know, like, right. They're like, Oh, well, it's acceptable. Yeah, exactly. Cause Will Smith, he's not a nobody. He's huge. Oh yeah. Um, I love his movies. I always thought he was a funny actor. I always thought he seemed like a really good human being, you know? Um, So it's just, that's a sad story all around all the way around too, because I feel like he was almost pushed to that point because of his wife. Because I think so demon, too. Because of her demons, because of her past with alcohol and drugs and self-conscious and, you know, her life choices. I feel like he finally snapped and he did it on TV, you know, yeah, and embarrassed himself, embarrassed his family, you know, now like the whole thing, they're all in turmoil. And I say, give it about another six months to a year the divorce will be final yeah I wonder you know like it just seems like things are cracking there so give it time but again I feel like it does make her she's another toxic person maybe not physically abusive but definitely verbal oh for sure and mentally too like uh, yeah because you can just tell, I mean, just from like certain clips that I've seen, they just, she controls that relationship. She's yeah, I'll be, the uh, one in charge. see how much longer the red table lasts. Yeah. I, mean, I never, I've watched... supporters. I don't know, but I know a lot of people I talk to are kind of also turned off. Like, right. You know, so. Yeah. I've watched a couple of those just because I wanted to see whoever was on it, but I, I'm not like an avid watcher. I, yeah, me neither. I've only seen probably two, maybe three of them. So, but yeah. Uh, toxic women, people. Toxic yeah, women. Yeah, that's the, that's the theme, that's the theme of <laughs> this episode between, between all of them that we've talked about. <laughs> but yeah, um, RIP to Phil Hartman. And I hope his children are doing, doing well. And just, I hope they're okay. Because I just think about them because that's just so sad. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll fact check and do an update. We'll look into it, and then one of our shows will be like, "By the way, his kids are doing great." Right. <laughs> or oh. you know, well, <laughs> they're working on it. They're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> okay, I'll take a sip of my coke. Okay, <laughs> since you're drinking for both of us, well, thanks for. Uh, tuning in guys and listening we have another um cool episode for you next week kind of similar ish vibe certain things certain things connecting um so you want to look out for that very i feel like the that episode that you know you know low um i feel like people will be excited to listen to that because that's a huge one it is a big one um it could possibly be done in multiple episodes, but I'm trying to compact it down into one. Yeah. You don't, um, I mean, but, if you want to, you know, make it a 
parter. We totally can, whatever. I know, but we've been really good about not really having to do that except for the Selena story. Right. <laughs> so I'm trying to uh, trying to see if I can just compact it into one. We'll see how it plays out. Right. I'm almost done with it. I just got to fine tune it and polish it a little bit, but smush it together. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be but, a good one. So you guys definitely don't want to miss that. And uh, four more weeks, guys. And then we have my new podcast. We got a new podcast, not a new podcast. We're not leaving. We're right. not changing. <laughs> Same podcast, different room. Our, our new office. Um, I cannot wait for me and Kay to uh, get in there and get it all set up. Yeah. And, uh, have some actual space again. I'm not surrounded by totes. If you could see my uh, <laughs> my living space, I went from clutter to super clean to totally empty back to head to toe of floor to ceiling of toes. So it's been a whirlwind, but we're almost there. We're almost there. It's keeping you on your toes. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Once you're all settled and like moved in, it'll feel, you'll be able to finally just like take a breath and feel the relaxation. Well, we did it. Another showdown. Yes. I won't say down because it sounds like a bad thing, but another show accomplished. Another show in the books. <laughs> yes. We're almost coming up on our one year. I know. It's got to be, we started early June, right? Was the first released one? It, or was it end of May? I think it was like beginning of June. We'll have to go back and look. Yeah. Um, when, when we get off air, I'll tell you my secrets of what I have as an idea. Ooh, stay tuned, peeps. For our one year anniversary. Yes. Oh my God. Excited. So uh, don't forget to like and comment in the section so we know you're listening. And um, like, what up, Ireland and Italy and Belgium? We see you on the map as our followers, US, of course, as well. Yes. Um, I just want to say shout out to Macomb, our number one city right now. Ow, ow. Shouts out <laughs> to my peeps. KK's hometown people love the KK. <laughs> They're going to name a street after her soon. Oh my God. There probably is one just because my name's pretty generic. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> so on that note, we got to go. Yeah. And stay creepy, y'all. Bye. Peace out. Bye. Bye.